1: And welcome to episode 391 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm back this week with... Grey! How are you doing?
0: Hello! Thank you for having me back, Dave. It's been such a long time, but no, I am doing very well. Uh, we've both had our respective breaks, Geek Town and myself. So. Yes,
1: yes, because we were off for a bit and you were buried in exam work and then <laughs> off on holiday, so... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yes, it has been a while. What have you been watching in the intervening period? Well,
0: there's so many. I could go on through all the stuff I've watched in June and July, um, but I did do a lot of reruns as well. But I'm going to talk a little bit as uh, I'm going to bring back some films. You know those things I said I watched on a regular basis <laughs> when I joined Geek Town? Yes. Yes, I have watched some. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Um, so I've watched four films since I last saw you, and I'm going to sort of run them in order of enjoyment. So the first first one was the flash yes which i think you're going to talk about as well so i enjoyed it but i will talk about that more when we come to talk about it with you yeah the second film spider-man across the spider-verse um i absolutely enjoyed it however it's quite a long film for an animation and i'm thinking you've got to get to the end you've got to resolve the story you've got to what's going on why are we getting to this piece it's not a spoiler to say i didn't realize when i walked in there it's part of a trilogy. Right. So I was never going to get that resolve because they were always going to go to be continued. Right. So I, I sat there in the cinema, like the, the, you know, the environment for, you've got the big set pieces. And I'm like, oh my word, they've got still got a lot to get through. I'm sure I've been in this cinema for over two hours. And then it says, end, and then you realise as you come out there's going to be a third. But I've heard on the grapevine since I've seen it that due to the strikes and the ongoing issues, that is now potentially being pushed back to 2026 2027
1: yeah i mean the last thing i read about it was the third film has been postponed indefinitely was some of the reports i saw so yeah who knows when that will
0: appear and that's a scary thought because it's such a good plot you want to keep that run you've got to keep that flow so it was disappointing to read that that we're probably not going to get an ending you know you know quite a while now so yes and then i went to see mission Impossible dead reckoning part one this one i knew was part of two parts so i was <laughs> yes. expecting the it <laughs> yes. there were some interesting decisions that they made plot wise we lost someone in this in this film which i was okay. a little bit found strange as a, a plot decision and you then wonder is it due to the actor is it due to the the plot device um i was on the edge of my seat for the the end sequence, which uh, for many people know, is on the Orient Express or on a train. Right. Um, so the end sequence is quite intense. There are lots of pieces where you think that just wouldn't happen. And you saw Pom clémenti from Guardians of the Galaxy in a completely different light. Right. She played one of the like henchmen villains in, in this version oh, of the film. Okay. Really enjoyed it. But again, I still questioned at the end, like, uh, would that really? You know, you've got to suspend your disbelief. And then I'm going to finish with the film I enjoyed the most. Uh, saw it la- Sunday before last, just before we went on holiday. Uh, got into uh, a viewing of Barbie. And I say got into it. I left it a little bit later than desired and I got the last two seats in my cinema. Oh, wow which is unheard of since, you know, Endgame times in 2019. And it was a really, really good film. And there are a lot of people out there moaning about it being too woke or too gender critical on men and whatever people want to. They just want to put good things down sometimes. And they cannot appreciate that Greta Gerwig has turned what is just a toy into a fantastic piece of cinema that is narratively extremely clever has a bigger comment on the world and if they hadn't had such an impressive marketing team we know that it wouldn't be as popular as it would because their marketing has been phenomenal and and we've read over the last couple of days that it's just hit it's one billion mark yes um and if you think we haven't had one of those since um, top gun maverick um as the last film that hit one billion, that's the last one post-pandemic. But this is the highest-ranking film of a female director ever. It's broken so many records. Um, the combination of Barbie and Oppenheimer together has been so good for both films, in particular hitting such a large market through them all. Um, I just think, yeah, ha- you know, raise my hands, Greta Gerwig. My worry is that because of its huge popularity, it might be snubbed a little bit when it comes to awards season let's Mm -hmm. be honest Dave if awards season ever happens this year due to the strikes yeah (laughs) but I just have this fear that some people become a little bit too snooty for a film that makes so much money Mm -hmm. uh, but you can't fault some of some of the work within it it's really fantastic I I think
1: it's one of those things that yeah there's the issue that we may not actually get awards this year because the strikes are still ongoing the awards just can't really happen because you're not going to have anybody turning up to accept anything Mm but it is going to be a very very difficult one i think for them to ignore because whilst it is a billion dollar film and yeah there is the possibility people might get snooty about it i think it's not in the same vein as it being something like endgame or, or something like that it Mm. It, it's actually has because it has a message behind it it's the sort of thing that i think despite the fact that it is a barbie movie could very well land a number of awards possibly even for greta gerwig for director so i i don't know i i'm less concerned about that i mean like you say I'm in some doubt, given that the award season is usually sort of January, February, March. I'm not sure whether we're actually going to end up with one this time around, given yeah. the way yeah. things are
0: going. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my films. Um, and we'll talk more about Flash a little bit yes. later down the line with yourself. Um, I've completed loads of TV. Uh, I'm not going to list them all here. Um, I'm just going to do some of my favourite ones. So uh, I finished Poker Face Quite uh, probably Great. about a week after it got released. Fantastic. I listened to a lot of your podcast during that time talking about some of the sort of setup, the Colombo style setup. And it was just, I really got hooked. And there were long yeah. episodes as well. And you have to really hold on to me if their episodes are really long. But I absolutely love the characters. I love the way the story was told and how you suddenly work out how she was within each story, but you didn't see that in the first part of the yeah. up. Fantastic. Cannot wait for that to come back. And I look forward to seeing how they deal with that in a second season. Mm-hmm. I finished Black Mirror. Went through that quite quickly again. Uh, I, my favourite was Joan is Awful, uh, which is the first one. I yes. just thought it was so clever how it was done and then a bit trippy towards the end. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, what? Hang on a minute. Made me even think. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, on the plane on the way back home, I finished Silo. Right. Yes. Um, have you finished that now, Dave?
1: Yes, I'm done with with first oh. season of that. Brilliant. Yes. Another knocking it out of the park again yeah. for
0: Apple. And like for the dystopia element, like that's not normally yeah. me. I know we we've talked about a lot of things I haven't really got into, but I gave this a try. And by like episode three, I was hooked. I mean, yes, no spoilers really, but every episode starts with a dead person, really, doesn't it? Pretty and, much. Yes. Yeah. And you're just like you keep going, and you keep going. And like uh, I remember we were landing my headphones died and I had five minutes left of episode six <laughs> and so put my headphones back in as we were taxiing along to the terminal and then out the headphones came while I waited waiting for the theme to connect so I could listen watch the last six minutes wow. just because I just was so compelled by the storyline Yeah, Traitors we've got the Australian version dropped on BBC and yes. I know I'm a huge fan told you Matt Lowe's about it when the British version came out in December yeah. but oh my word the characters I say characters these are normal people but the (laughs) type of characters you have in the australian version oh that is so good i I mean (laughs) this show is a format that cannot go wrong I'm, i'm trying to think how you can go so wrong because it's all about the mind games they play with each other the production team doesn't really need to get involved it's just about how they tell and see each other and oh some mm-hmm. great characters. Um, if anyone wants to go onto BBC iPlayer and binge them all right now. And then I finished it on the day it was released. Heartstopper season two. Yeah. Dropped last Thursday. So on Wednesday night, I decided to give Heartstopper Season One a rewatch. And as you know, Dave, I'm not <laughs> normally into rewatches. Yes. But I was like, I can't go into season two without reminding myself of, of where season one was. And it was a really good decision, too, because actually episode one of season two is just like the next day of right, the last okay. episode of season one, which is a really smooth transition. But yeah, it's it's sweet. It's just, you know, it's not contrived yes there are a lot of people attacking it for being like a dream imaginary world that just doesn't exist mm-hmm. but i don't care i think what alice oseman wrote and how she's brought it to life and the messages it gives is really positive and if more and more young people watch programs like this it could give people in their community a, a more positive experience yeah and we can hope that that that's what it does and i really hope and i think just from what I've seen, the numbers are going to be amazing for season two. So we've got season three to come and I can't see Netflix saying that Alice won't be able to finish her books. With them yeah. um, It would be a surprise If they go No it's going to end With season three Because I think They've got something here And there's potential That they could bring it on for To mm-hmm. see out her books I think I've heard There are about eight In just the Heartstopper, And at the moment We've covered one Two and three So I might be wrong in that I've got them actually At home I'm going to read them as well So um, yeah That's that's where we are with that So those are my favourite Things i finished Things on my watch list I'm watching Hijack Heard you talk about that Loads last exactly. week excited brilliant. to yeah yeah get yeah, on with that crowded room um the tom holland um yes. Yes. Also, Apple. Yeah, quite a difficult watch, but brilliantly done. Righteous Gemstones. Now, I heard you talk about this last week and say you'd never seen it. Yeah. It is bonkers. And if you ever watch Vice Principal, which was the Danny McBride previous sort of Sky comedy HBO yeah. Max sort of thing, it has got that sort of wackiness. The characters are out there, um, and it's just about an evangelical family who are very rich because they run a church in there in Southern America, and it's yes. about the things they get up to and i really enjoy it some of their storylines are absolutely bonkers the guest stars they get in it i just like how they get them all and john goodman is the head of the family and you know it's it's really really good um so i'm watching that uh, about six episodes in and oh, it's a hate watch at this point I'm two episodes into Secret Invasion again I listened yeah. to the podcast last week and I sort of know where we're going so me and my friend who I watched them with have decided to hate watch it together this Thursday Fair we're enough. gonna we're gonna do all four episodes with a break in between episodes uh, four and five we're gonna do four in a row just to try and get through it so we can say we've done it and prep ourselves for low-key uh, Marvels which is coming out in the autumn yeah and I think that's me, Dave. I think I've covered everything that I've done in the last few months, apart from marking thousands of exam papers <laughs> and, and things like that. But um, yes, over to you. And I know I've still got more to say about The Flash, but go over to yes. you. Yes,
1: well, th- I did actually, I actually saw a couple of films myself of the first one being The Flash this week. I also enjoyed it. I mean, yep. I, I know it got a lot of hate and that it's not perfect by any means, but thoroughly enjoyable. I thought the messing around with the sort of multiverse stuff worked quite well. The Michael Keaton stuff was good. I mean, Ezra, yes, you know, he's got his faults. He he played that character pretty well. I, I yeah. thought. and I know we're probably never going to see him in that role again. I, do, I, I doubt that they're going to keep on using him given everything that's gone on i thought the plotting was interesting it's one of those things where kind of like secret invasion where flashpoint is such a big story Mm -hmm. and it's odd to open a flash movie with flashpoint as being the plot that you go with because it is something which is supposed to sort of reset i mean they used it as a reset in the comic books for the entire universe so it's an odd one to kind of decide to do that as your film as a sort of opening solo movie for the character, because of, I mean, and the comic book is quite different as well. The comic book does sort of have the basic plot points of goes back in time to save his mother and, and comes back and realises that he's completely altered history. But in the comic book version, there is a huge war going on between the Amazons and the Atlanteans, led by Aquaman on one side and Wonder Woman on the other. So there's this big sort of war going on, and that's sort of the main thing, rather than bringing in the uh, Zod, the villain from uh, the... Superman film so I mean I get why they made that change because it makes sense and it Saves you having to pay a fortune to Galgado and Jason Momoa, or they do make cameos in the film, but not having to have them as key players throughout the entire thing, I imagine saved quite a bit of cash. But I mean, I thought they handled the the change reasonably well. Also, the villain is different as well. I mean, not just that villain, but the time villain, mm. uh, the the speedster villain isn't the same as it is in the movie. Without giving that away, so. There are some differences to the the comic book version, and I can sort of see why they made those changes. I don't think it was perfect. I thought Ezra was good. But, you know, and that's the thing with the DC films at this point. It's sort of, well, that was interesting, but onwards and upwards with the gun saffron universe when that comes out you know so that's sort of where we are now
0: yeah I did I found it hard to hate Ezra as much as I feel like we need to yeah because actually he gave quite a compelling performance And I was enjoying most of it. And the bit, which I know was supposed to get everyone excited, the bit where all the metaverses, we started seeing those elements. Sorry, everyone, for little spoilers. But all of those metaverse bits that we started seeing, I was more disappointed in that. Yes. I I really didn't enjoy that. Um, And my friend who I was watching it with hated the last bit as well with that cameo that no one expected. Right, yes. that they, They failed to land the ending because of that. They were too interested in making a joke rather than you know so there was there was the couple of things but in essence i enjoyed everything up until that bit really which, which you needed that bit to end the plot mm-hmm. but it was a bit of a frustrating element to the film but i enjoyed how what they did and i expected a lot worse Considering yes. the press coverage, the amount of times it had gone back into the editing studio, that people had been cut out of it and cut into it, and yeah. I think it was, it was a pretty good job for what they did. So it, it was by no means the worst thing in the world, but you know, people love to hate, so they're going to throw lots of hate on anything that surprises them in particular. So
1: yeah, I think that's that's fairly true. Mm. So that was one of the big films that I saw this week. Uh, the other one was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which is out now on Disney Plus. And- I didn't see that in the cinema, so I finally got around to watching that. I thought that, again, was a fun movie. Didn't go exactly where I expected it to go. I'd avoided most spoilers for it, so I didn't know who out of the Guardians made it through. (laughs) I won't give spoilers away for that. But, I mean, the basic plot of the movie is the Guardians are now headquartered on Nowhere, And they're sort of hanging out there. And out of nowhere, or rather flying into nowhere, uh, is Adam Warlock, who was teased ages and ages ago in a post-credit sequence. He basically turns up and starts to attack the place and Rocket gets critically wounded. It turns out that Rocket has a kill switch built into his body. So they have to go and find a way to turn off the kill switch and that ends up going into a sort of thing about rockets past and you get to see how rocket became rocket basically from the mm. sort of basic raccoon to being the rocket that we know so some of that is shown in flashback as rockets kind of lying unconscious you seeing him remembering this sort of stuff and then you know some of it moves forward into present day as well but it's really designed to tug at the heartstrings it, it I mean it flip-flops really quickly and it isn't too jarring but it could be in less capable hands because it sort of goes between being just heartbreaking to being incredibly funny, silly, over-the-top explosions, that sort of stuff, back to being really heartbreaking again, um, back to being silly, over-the-top jokes, explosions. So it's very much tonally all over the place, but James Gunn manages to pull it off in this unlike with love and thunder where Tyker really didn't get the tone of that and it was just way too silly and you had a serious plot line in the middle of it that just really jarred this i think handles that sort of thing much better Mm. overall we know if you've read anything about the film that this is not going to be that iteration of the guardians moving forward they did add a tagline sort of spoilers because it does give away one of the characters that definitely survived which was it comes up with a tagline
0: with star lord will return that was one of the end credits mid credits one of them anyway did you see this i saw it in the cinema and my friend do i go and see these films with was a bit frustrated because you know you go into that film thinking we aren't going to see him anymore we, you know yeah. we genuinely thought that was the end of a, Chris and his time with no yeah. going to be seen again yes so
1: some of those characters we are definitely going to be seeing again mm. assuming they make a new Guardians movie but it obviously won't be done with James Gunn because James Gunn is now head of the rival studio and he's also said that he's done his trilogy he it would be very happy for somebody else to take on the characters and doesn't want them to imitate his style he would rather they went off in in their own direction but I mean they've set it up so that is possible so you could do something with that mm. overall I enjoyed it I did think Will Poulter was slightly wasted as Adam Warlock he sort of was there but kind of wasn't yeah. I, I, you know so I, I think that was possibly the only real criticism of it was that's a slightly wasted character but the rest of them were I thought was good and I thought yeah. they subverted expectations with sort of who ends up with who and where they all end up so overall though uh, it's certainly a thoroughly enjoyable if you're into the MCU perfectly enjoyable decent movie better than some of the previous ones we've had quite recently I think
0: yes but trigger warning for small children who have got their first pets well, yes, say that, yes <laughs> that, that
1: is a fair point those were the two films that I watched TV wise Jack Ryan season 4 I have started I'm only one episode into that the last outing of, of Jack Ryan so uh, I'm not going to talk a huge amount about that until I get to sort of the end of it Good. Good. Good Omens Season 2, though. I have watched that. Have you watched any of the Good Omens?
0: No, I haven't. I mean, I like both of the actors, um, but no, I haven't got round to doing it.
1: Good Omens 1 is great, and I would encourage you to go and watch that, certainly. Good Omens Season 2, without giving spoilers away, is absolutely heartbreaking. How they come to the end of that to the point where you, the amount of people that were messaging Neil Gaiman afterwards going, you have to tell me there is a third season because it is, it's is—it's clearly that's not where they're planning on ending it. And all Gaiman and Michael Sheen have said is, you know, obviously we want to make a third season, but it's up to Amazon and it will depend how many people watch season two. So I would encourage you all to go and watch season two. The writing on it is superb. It's an oddity in that it's not actually directly based on anything that Gaiman did with Terry Pratchett. The third season would be based on the outline that they had for the second book, which they never managed to get to write. And what the second season is, is a sort of bridge between where they ended the first season and where they need to be at the start of the third season. Mm. So they've created this this season as a sort of bridge to that. and. It's thoroughly enjoyable. John Fenimore is the co-writer on it, and you can see his fingerprints all over it. If you know John Finnamore in his Radio 4 show, he he's hilariously funny and very surreal in places and perfect person to be doing this. Be prepared for the end of the second season if you do go into that, because it's not as happy as you might expect. <laughs> but it's superb and highly entertaining and very, very funny throughout. Just well, well worth going to watch that second season. I really, really hope that they do come back for a third. Lincoln Lawyer returned for part two of season two which I had no intention of actually watching the whole of this last night but I did Um, it's it's just incredibly bingeable. that show really good I thoroughly enjoyed the first half of uh, of season two based on Michael Connolly novels it's just it's fun it's very much a dramedy if you like things like The Rookie it's in that sort of humour drama level some wonderfully funny well written characters there's a really good story of this woman who's being accused of um, murdering this guy that's building a high rise next to her restaurant, and she's obviously upset by that because he's trying to buy her out and she's
0: refusing. And then she gets accused of this murder. Is it one storyline arc across the whole season, or is it a procedural structure?
1: It's one storyline arc throughout the whole season. Did you watch the first season of it, or have you not? No, it?
0: I didn't. I just read a report somewhere that they were shocked that that film, which felt like like a classic sort of nbc abc drama was doing so well on netflix yes um it sort of bucked the trend to what they expect to do well on netflix and i suppose that annoys all the pundits and the statisticians they're like you know this isn't supposed to do very well but yeah it was doing well yeah that is absolutely
1: true because it is very 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 much in the vein of something you would expect to see on abc or cbs Mm. it's very much that sort of 45 minute network dramedy setup but it is a story that runs from episode to episode. It's not procedural, story of the week sort of thing. But yeah, mm. so it's it's one plot over the entire thing. Uh, it's got some great cliffhangers, which ended up with me binging basically the entire second half of the season last night. Mm. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable and it's well acted. It's got some good people in it. Uh, it's well written. It's a good, solid story. Slightly odd final episode in that the story seems to finish within the first sort of 15 minutes of that episode. And... Then I was looking at it going, hang on, there's 30 minutes of this episode left. What are they doing for the rest of it? But there's some interesting stuff that happens in those last 30 minutes. I really rather enjoyed it. There's an interesting little twist at the end. I hope they make more of that because it is like you say it's an oddity for netflix that that sort of thing is doing so well on that Mm. and the other thing i watched this week is coming to an end i think we've got to be coming to the last few episodes of it but uh star trek strange new worlds had another sort of whiplash episode having gone from the crossover episode which was two weeks ago to a much more sort of serious episode dealing with the the aftermath of the klingon war and ptsd a much harder kind of episode and then they're back last week with the episode which is called Subspace Rhapsody and the entire thing is a musical and it's very much done in the Buffy once more with feeling vibe they did say that that was their inspiration and that was the bar that they were trying to match because they were the first people really to do a fully musical episode of a standard TV show and they sort of set the trend for it but they did that so 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 well with that episode in that it wasn't just a musical for musical's sake, it also drove the story forward in some major ways. And they're trying to do the same thing with the Strange New Worlds episode as well. I don't think it, it does that side of it quite as successfully, but the songs are really good. It's joyously fun. There's a lot of people I've seen making comments about, well, I'm a fan of Strange New Worlds. I hate musicals, but actually rather enjoyed that. So the cast could sing. I mean, there are some people in the cast who have like, I think, won Grammys. So, you know, I mean there there are a few people and on the other end of this game there's Handsome Mount who I think takes the sort of you know if you can't sing well sing loudly kind of idea but uh, he, <laughs> he works out, I mean still comes across really really well I think some of them are probably auto-tuned a little bit but you know yeah. they pull it off and it's joyous it's fun and the basic premise of the plot is that they come across this subspace anomaly and they're trying to boost their communication array they fire some music into it and it sort of all backfires and ends up with the entire ship doing musical numbers. It's joyously fun. That series has been superb. Just the way that it's managed to produce very individual episodes, much in the style of the original show. It's got the tone of it right. It's kind of fun, but it's also got some serious parts. The acting is great. The plotting has been really good. Overall, I think they're really doing an amazing job on that show and uh, I'm really glad it's been renewed for a new season and I'm I'm so happy that they're carrying it on because I think that is probably my favourite of the new Star Trek shows right now. Worth going to check out but it is on Paramount Plus so uh, if you've got Paramount Plus go and give that a look.
0: I mean I've heard, you know I don't watch obviously Star Trek but I've heard such amazing reviews of it from a, a real range of audiences from the hardcore Trekkies to people who've never sort of gone to it before just singing so many praises on this series so you know i I think it must be something that they're doing well Uh, because they've had a few wasn't there a season of picard that didn't go too well yeah Um, yeah yeah i mean
1: the third season of picard i think was really good and it got progressively better for me as you sort of went through it the first season i wasn't a huge fan of second season i thought was better third season i think they really nailed it of picard discovery i enjoy but has issues in that it doesn't feel like traditional Trek. The thing that I love about this is it's very much gone back to its original core roots of the original series and. It it spiritually is so close to that. Just does such a wonderful job. And it's episodic. There are sort of some continuing plots, but most of it is monster of the week episode type things. And they've just done an outstanding job with it. It's been really, really, really good. That I'm very much enjoying. Lower Decks I enjoy as well, because you would never have thought you could manage to get one of the guys behind Rick and Morty to do a series in Star Trek and still make it feel like Star Trek star trek even though it's got elements of rick and morty in it as well you know it's one of those things but yeah that and lower decks which lower decks returns fairly soon as well for a new season but i'm i love both those shows that's all the stuff we've been watching this week let's move on to some tv and film news (laughs) Burroughs furniture is built for the way you live So we kick off the TV and film news with the Renewal's cancellations and pickups. There's only a couple of uh, cancellations or one cancellation, one ending. City on Fire, which was an Apple TV series that has been cancelled after one season. I have no idea what that is. Uh, <laughs> it was one that completely bypassed me, unfortunately. So yeah, it was one created by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who are the people that were behind, remember Runaways? that Marvel series and they did Gossip Girl. They're the people that were behind Gossip Girl as well. So, I mean, no slouches. You would think that would probably be okay. Uh, But it was a sort of crime drama thing, I think. Unfortunately, that is not coming back after one season. The other thing that they've announced is going to end is Disenchantment, which is the Matt Goering of Simpsons and Futurama fame. They've announced that that will end with its fifth season or fifth part. I believe they're referring to Technically, I think it's season three, but it's part five. So (laughs) um, it was ordered for two seasons, which was split into four parts of 10 episodes each. And then they ordered a fifth part, which is only 10 episodes. So it's of sort of half a season but <laughs> yes season five part five uh of disenchantment with the last one which is kind of a shame because it may be the first time he's had three shows on air actually at once because simpsons obviously is still running future armor is now back and disenchantment will be back for a final season then he's going to lose one again so uh yeah i don't know whether you've caught any of
0: that i watched like 10 episodes of the first one and i just couldn't get into it right I really wanted to because I love Futurama I'm doing a rewatch of Futurama at the moment to get me to the new seasons and I really enjoyed The Simpsons I don't watch them as religiously as I used to but I think I remember trying to watch it and then I went back and watched it like the first two episodes again and still didn't get into it and I thought you know if I've tried twice and can't get into it I've got to stop now
1: (laughs) Yeah I struggled a bit with Disenchantment as well unfortunately and you know I'm a huge fan of Futurama I'm a huge fan of Simpsons although I, I don't watch The Simpsons regularly but it's nice to know it's there you know it's one of those things yeah i really struggled getting into disenchantment but i know there are a lot of huge fans of it out there so Mm. yeah on the renewal side of things the summer item pretty has been renewed for season three at prime video apparently season two was one of the top 10 most watched seasons of any series
0: ever on Prime Video. Interestingly,
1: oh. have you seen any of this? It's a YA series.
0: No. I've heard about it. I've seen the, the adverts and the trailers. Like when I turned on Amazon, yeah, um, but I've not watched it. No, it's based
1: on a series of books by I think it's actually done by the authors. Well, yeah. So uh, Jenny Han, who wrote To All the Boys, also wrote The Summer I Turn pretty which is a trilogy so i'm assuming each season is probably covering one book She actually created the TV series as well. And it follows a character called Isabel Belly. She's about to turn 16 and she and her family reunite with Susan F. Fisher and her two sons, Jeremiah and Conrad, the latter of which Belly has had a crush on since she was 10 years old. And it's about them sort of going to meet up over the summer and what happens between them. So it's a sort of teen love story thing, I think. Yeah, it didn't massively appeal to me on the surface
0: of it. There's an audience out there for
1: everything (laughs) yes back for a third season so uh, they've not said that that third season is going to be the last one but there are three books so maybe maybe not I don't know in pick up some other news, Neighbours has finally got <laughs> a return date. So, if you're a fan of Neighbours, it is returning on Monday, the 18th of September, on Freevee, which, as the name implies, is free. So, all you need is an Amazon account, not a Prime account, just an Amazon account to go and watch Freevee. Go and sign up for free on Amazon.co.uk. It will be airing daily from Monday to Thursday. So you'll get four episodes a week and it will be Neighbours back with some some slight changes. They've introduced some new characters. Some of the old ones are coming back and some of them are coming back in guest roles and that sort of stuff. But Neighbours will be returning. Did you see any of the finale stuff? Because I, I sort of meant to go and watch it and then didn't. And
0: Yeah, I, I tuned in for the last episode and, I, you know, I hadn't watched it for so many years. I didn't know who half the people were. Yeah. Um. But I went there just for the nostalgia and saw the- – the weird use of Kylie. And, and there's <laughs> overuse of Guy Pierce, very little use of Jason and Kylie. And I wondered, you know, that was all good press coverage to have them coming back. But um, yeah, I'm glad it, it got its reprieve. It's just weird about the way they went around it because they really did close off the entire program and then they're like, oh, but we are coming back. And it's like, oh, all of that big parade in their last episode for nothing really. So, yes. um, But no, I, I, I am the nerd about whether I'd go back, but I'm not sure I could commit to something four nights a week. That, that's quite a big commitment for a tv fan like myself so
1: yes i'm kind of with you there i can't really do that either but you know i'm glad it is back for the fans and neighbors and uh you know it is on somewhere in the uk yes it's a streaming service but it is a free streaming service so uh, mm. you'll be able to go and watch that from monday the 18th of september it's on freebie Also on another streaming service, Paramount Plus, they've been running the new Quantum Leap show, which I've been really enjoying, actually. Still haven't quite finished the episodes that are up for the first season, but the part two of that first season, they've announced that that will be landing on the 24th of August, which is a Thursday, and then we're dropping all those episodes as a box set as well. So that'll be the rest of season one. There is a second season coming out, which I think is due to drop in October, because I think they've actually shot it so it's one of the rare scripted shows which is actually coming back on nbc in the full season so i i think that is actually returning for a second season over there it will then be probably 2024 i imagine before we actually get it it might be early 2024 but it's going to be a little while before it lands here because they drop as box sets second half of season one that lands on thursday the 24th of august on paramount plus
0: did you watch any of the original quantum leap i don't know or... no it was around about my era i remember it being on when we were younger yeah. i want to say was it on bbc2 yes um, it was that sort and of and 6 yeah. PM
1: bbc2 slot where they always used to do yeah. sci-fi yeah
0: kind of wasn't into it I, but I, I think I listened to you talking to Matt about it a few podcasts ago I didn't remember it from back then so yeah um, not something I probably wouldn't be interested in but you know we might be desperate around September October I could be watching <laughs> anything who knows that is true <laughs> yes yes,
1: we might, we might be struggling for content by that there was some other announcements for the big BBC show uh, Strictly Come Dancing have announced their contestants as well not all of them yet they are announcing them this week but we're recording this on Monday. So, so far, we have Eddie Cady, who is a stand-up comedian and radio presenter, Christian Guru Murphy, who is a journalist and broadcaster, Layton Williams, who is a film and theatre actor, Amanda Abington, who is an award-winning stage and screen actor, Angela Scanton, who is an Irish television presenter, Zara McDermott, who is from Love Island and has appeared on, she's basically a reality TV star, she's been on a bunch of others, and Angela Rippon-CBE, who is, of course, journalist, TV presenter, newsreader,
0: author and i think
1: at this point national treasure
0: i think it's probably fair to say i think now she becomes the oldest contestant ever to be on it i think they're trying to up themselves each year yes. um, and get the oldest person and apparently it was leslie joseph a few years back but now angela would now become the oldest contestant to ever appear
1: yes i don't think i've ever really watched an episode of strictly <laughs> i don't know it's one of those things that i know a lot of people love but just completely bypasses me but, um, yeah, I am quite happy to see Angela Rippon on there. It was funny. She was talking about it on on chat show earlier this week and was like, could have asked me to do this 10 years ago when I was not as old. But anyway... Uh, so, yes, but I'm glad she's she's taken up to to do it. That's that's great.
0: She was a former dancer as well. I I remember seeing the clips of her on the um Morecambe and Wise show.
1: Yes, Morecambe and Wise so, is yeah. Yeah. classic classic clips of her on Morecambe and Wise. So we'll see how she goes. I suspect. She, I mean, she's going. Oh, you know, bear in mind that was a long time ago. But, but you know, I think she may actually do pretty well. Uh, she also yeah. presented Come Dancing before it became Strictly Come Dancing and the, the mm-hmm. huge show it is. Now, I think back when it was a ballroom show, because there was a sort of predecessor to Strictly that used yeah. to run on Sunday evenings. I think she was a presenter on that. Yeah, it's nice to have her come back and do that anyway. So moving on to some other bits of news, the strike. We're we're back with uh, some more strike updates. We're going to, I think, do bits and pieces of this each week because we need to keep you updated on what's going on with it. There were some talks held between not the Actors Guild, but the Writers Guild and the studios on Friday. However, they have not gone particularly well by the sides of it. Basically, uh, the Hollywood studios are still not willing to move on anything to do with success-based Residuals or preservation of the writer's room, which are two of the key points that they're asking for in the strike. The success based residuals, which is the same for the actors, is this thing with streaming services. The amount of money that they get paid when episodes go out on air and when things are added and repeated and stuff is a flat fee. It is not based on the amount of viewers that are watching the show, which is different to how residuals work in. TV, because if you're on a hit show in TV, you get paid more money because more people watched it and there's more money coming in from advertising. Because most of the streaming services are subscription services and don't use advertising, they worked out a different model. But the problem with that is it's screwing over, particularly people that are starting out in the business and they aren't getting paid anywhere near the amount of money. So, for example, Heartstopper, given that the leads in that are announced or were when they they started, chances are the amount of money that they were paid to star in that wasn't particularly high. And even though that is one of the most successful shows on the platform, or we assume it is, because that's the other problem, we don't actually know unless they release numbers, which they refuse to do. The residuals that they earn are based on the fee that they were initially paid for that show, which means that even though it could be the biggest show on the streaming service, they are getting pennies back from the residual on that when the show
0: airs. It's shocking that it's even getting to this point now, like to have the actors go as well and this they're, they're still not negotiating. Yeah. It's just, I nearly wrote an email to you earlier this week when I was I was asking, I was going to ask when the FBI series might be coming back. And then I just had to stop and think, no, I know what Sky are doing right now. They're holding on to anything they can because Mm -hmm. they're probably going to need stuff for their September schedules. And so, yeah, me asking whether FBI was going to come back would have been a silly question because they're not going to release any dates because they're going to need programs to show
1: the, the yeah i mean the fbi shows actually are back we have got dates for those all the fbi shows are back in august that's later than last year though yeah. i think it was july last year yeah august 17th and 18th so august 17th for fbi and international and 18th for most wanted they're oh. back but i mean we are almost a year behind the us on those at yeah. that point although we won't be because they're running those out over here but they're not going to be coming back in the autumn in the US. Uh. number of actors are also slightly having problems navigating the strike rules as well. Notably Stephen Amell, Zach Levy and Jamie Lee Curtis are three that have got themselves into hot water. Basically, they're doing public events, which they are allowed to do as part of the strike. And they've been making comments on stage, which have then got them in hot water with various people. Stephen Amell, I think, probably made the worst first one, uh, putting his foot in it, basically went up on stage. And I, I get sort of what he was saying. He was saying, I support my union, but I don't agree with striking. So, of course, that had everybody up in arms because they're like, how can you support your union if you don't agree with the strike? And you've got to look at the situation. The strike rules say that although you can go up and do panels at Comic Cons, you are not allowed to promote any of the work that was done under a sag for contract. So that means Stephen Amell can go to a Comic-Con, but he's not allowed to talk about Arrow and he's not allowed to talk about Heels. So, (laughs) which are his two shows. And Heels has just released a second season in the US. We don't know when it's going to land over here before anybody asks. But Heels has just released its second season. And there is a very good chance that if they don't promote it, it will get canned. And he's very passionate about that show. And I think he's basically he has more of an issue with the strike rules and the fact that they're not allowed to promote things that are already done and in the can Mm. particularly when you're potentially going to put a whole bunch of people out of work for a show that if they had promoted it might not get cancelled and if they don't promote it it's on shaky ground So I, I think it was more just his frustration at that than anything else. But the way he phrased it wasn't particularly good. And so, yeah, he got in some hot water for that. Zach Levy, his was rather more innocent. It was him on stage basically saying, So I'm up, you can ask me questions, but I'm not allowed to talk about like any superhero movies. This is so dumb. I'm not allowed to talk about any superheroes I might have played. I'm not allowed to talk about any sort of, uh, you know, geek shows I might have been in. And it was the fact that he made the comment, This is so dumb. And what he was saying, in the context of what he was saying, he was joking around. He was basically saying, It's a bit silly that this is what what I'm having to navigate through. And I get it because in his particular case, if he's not promoting anything new again and he's talking about old shows, that's tricky. I mean, I'd be fascinated to know what is going on in, I think it's Las Vegas at the moment because they've got a Star Trek convention with actors up on stage, none of which are able to talk about
0: Star Trek. (laughs) It's just bonkers. It's just, I get why they're and I totally agree with them. I'm just so shocked that the studios aren't pulling together and thinking actually we've got to protect them.
1: It's ridiculous. Jamie Lee. Curtis was the the third one and made a comment about wanting to be like Switzerland when she was asked about the strike and that again got the she was it was a charity event she was at and somebody threw a question at her about what do you think about the strike and she said I want to I want to be like Switzerland I I, I all she meant by that I mean she's categorically come out all of these have come out and said I absolutely support the strike I support the union but yeah I know all she was saying there was really I think was she didn't really want to make a comment about it but that was was the word she chose, and then well, Switzerland is neutral, and that does that mean you're not on the side of the Union? And you know, it's it's them trying to churn up stuff in the press. Uh, that's mm. all it all it was with that one. So you know, they go from being sort of misspeaking and just getting caught out on stage what these slight problem I think for us is obviously we've got various comic cons coming up there's MCM and Wales coming up I do wonder whether they're actually going to allow us to film anything because a lot of the actors might be like well no just in case I say anything stupid (laughs) I don't want it on camera so I I don't know we'll see we'd usually bring footage from that but I I have a sneaking suspicion we may not be able to film things but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that Hmm. so yeah I mean you know we're very much with the writers, we're very much with the actors on this. I entirely agree with you. It it seems so short-sighted of the Hollywood studios to not agree a fairer deal with the people that are actually giving you the content to keep you on air. Because without that content, you don't have a service. And it seems ridiculous to me.
0: Well, I remember saying at the beginning when they're in the early stages, you know, we lost some amazing shows during that one in, in 2010. including Mm -hmm. like Pushing Daisies and the only casualties that this will be is good talent because you know those more experimental programs will get canned because no one really wants to risk them because even when this is resolved everyone will want to play safe because they just want to get quick good content out there Mm -hmm. rather than being experimental and you know we are potentially going to lose writers actors they'll move on to other projects they might you know some of them will have to probably go out and find work elsewhere soon because there'll be a point where they can't survive on their savings or pensions or whatever they they're relying on during this time and we are the ones that suffer in the end because we all lose good content and yeah
1: yeah it's damaging to the audiences it's damaging it's incredibly damaging to the industry as a whole and the actors and the writers but at the moment a lot of them are suffering and you know you might say for hollywood actors suffering but bear in mind that the thing that they are fighting for is not for the stephen amels and zach levy's out there it's for the 90 percent of the actors union who don't even make enough money to be covered by their own medical insurance in the u.s mm. because they are background actors because they are whatever they are not making a livable wage and it's the same with the writers as well there are a bunch of people that have written on hit TV shows and are not making enough money to live. And that is just wrong given how much money the studios are raking in, despite the fact that they're saying, oh, you know, our streaming service doesn't make enough money. And then you look at the bonuses that they're being given, "Ah, come off it. I'm sorry. You need to share the wealth around. I mean, as I said before, it's not the named people that you know that uh, they're fighting for in this, it's the people that you don't know and it's the people that make the industry work. Moving on to some new. Those About to Die, which is a new thing from Roland Emmerich, who is the person that made The Patriot and uh, the original Stargate movie and Independence Day and a whole bunch of other things. He's well-known for those sort of um, climate disaster movie things, that sort of stuff. But uh, he's turned his attention to Rome. It's a drama that stars Anthony Hopkins, Ewan Rion and Sarah Martins, uh, the leads in it. And uh, center of Roman Empire is the wealthiest city in the world and there's a heavy influx of slave labourers from the growing empire to take over the work the Roman population bored, restless and increasingly violent is kept in line mainly by two things, free food and spectacular entertainment in the form of chariot racing and gladiator fights. Those about to die delves into this world of games a world characterised by bloodlust greed for money and the pursuit of power and corruption. It is a show that is going to be based around the gladiators and Chariot racing in Rome. Anthony Hopkins is one of the leads, you and Rion, who Game of Thrones is in there. Tom Hughes, who is in Victoria, is in there. Sarah Martins, who's from Death in Paradise. John Hankor Johansson from Game of Thrones is in there. Jojo Mascari from Sex Education. Rupert Perry Jones is in there from Whitechapel and a bunch of other things. I don't recognize any of the other names, but yeah, looks like a pretty good lineup. I mean, it's interesting because the other show that, that sort of dealt with a lot of this Gladiator stuff was Spartacus which I, I really, really enjoyed. I don't know whether you ever saw any of those. I mean, there was sort of bloody yeah. violent and over the top, but that was a great, great show. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see sort of how Roland Emmerich deals with this. And it's been picked up by Prime Video in the UK. It's someone else in the US, but it's it, Prime Video are running it in the UK. So don't know exactly when it's landing, but uh, yeah, that has been picked up by Prime Video. So um, any interest in, in that? i rather like the Raymond stuff. I'm
0: afraid not for me. It's, it's definitely... A- you know, um, Rolly Emmerich at the best of times can be a little bit dodgy for me, some of his stuff, but no, that doesn't set that doesn't appeal to me again. It's probably in my big costume dramas that I'm not going to want to watch there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends exactly how it's handled. Robert rodat is the uh, head writer for it, who wrote Saving Private Ryan. So, you know, I mean, decent writing behind it, and I mean, Roland Emmerich sort of take it or, or leave it, I guess. But uh, the other one is guy that worked at Marco Cuspantiner, I think is the last name, it's wrote some of the lazarus project which was a great series yeah so, i enjoyed that apparently he worked on that so uh, yeah i mean you know good good people involved in it and a reasonable cast but it's called those about to die it's coming to prime video at some point that and the other casting news we've got is for <laughs> a new show which is coming to apple tv they announced it a while ago and it was just known as the Dick Turpin series and Noel Fielding is playing the lead role as Dick Turpin. So you know it's not going to be a particularly serious show and it's an interesting one for Apple to be running, but they've now given it a title and it's called The Completely Made Up Adventures of Dick Turpin. <laughs> so I rather like the idea of that the, they're going full on silly with the, the <laughs> title of this. Dick Turpin always believed that he was destined for something bigger than a lifetime working in his father's bookshop shop and he was right. When almost without realising issues he becomes the leader of the Essex Gan, a notorious group of outlaws. He realizes that he has found his calling. Yes, he's a vegan, peace loving, and believes that good manners are more effective than guns, but what he lacks in thieving craft he makes up for in imagination, invention, and incredibly pointy purple shoes. In this irreverent tale, Dick is the most famous and unlikely of Highwaymen. His success is defined primarily by his charm, style, and hair. Along with his gang of lovable rogues, Dick Rives, the ups and downs of fame, doing what he can do to escape the clutches of the anti-thieves general. Joining Noel Field in, I mean, the cast is ridiculous for this because it is a smorgasbord of sort of British comedy. Hugh Bonneville, who you'll know from W1A, Paddington, and, uh, all those sort of things, Emmy and Golden Globe and Sad Award winning, he's playing Jonathan Wilde, who is now the Thief-Taker General. He's an utterly corrupt lawman and with a vacuum where his morals should be, ferocious appetite to expand his criminal enterprise. So that's one of them. Asim Chowdhury, who is from People Just Do Nothing, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Mirror, plays Craig the Warlock, a man petrified of being caught performing magic without a license. He attempted to pass his official warlock exams multiple times, but racked up hundreds of major errors. <laughs> Taswin Greg from Green Wing Episodes and Friday Night Dinners is playing Lady Helen Guineer. She's the elected leader of the Syndicate, a union of organised crime groups with fingers in every pie from illicit eel husbandry to diamond smuggling. Mark Heap from Friday Night Dinner and Greenwing is also in their place. John Turpin, Hempstead's irascible butcher and father of... Dick, lover of meat, hater of vegetables, he hides his affection for his only sender under a layer of cynicism so deep not even a meat cleaver could penetrate it. Joe Wilkinson, who was in Afterlife and the Cockfield, plays Jeffrey the Gola, the ultimate nihilist who will tout his mediocre services to anybody in need of a jailer, security guard or general dog's body, no questions asked. Mark Wooten from Nativity and my new best friend plays Moose Pleck, one of Dick's gang a terrifying looking man mountain but on the inside he's just a big old softy Ellie White from Wonka and Staff let Platt plays Nell Brazer, another of Dick's gang, who has dreamed of being a highwayman since she was a little girl. Brought up in luxury, Nell threw away her dresses for britches and ran away at 16 to make it on her own. So that's the regular cast. As well as that, there are also other series regulars, which is Michael Fielding, who was in The Mighty Bush and is Noel's actual brother, as Benny Turpin, Kerry Flatley from Paddy, Samuel Leakey from Treason, Jeff McGiven from Ghosts and Back, and Dolly Wells from The Outlaws and Dracula are also in there as well. And even more on top of that, if that's not enough British talent for you, they've got a bunch of guest spots. So Greg Davis is in there as one of them. Jessica Hines is in there from Years and Years in Space. Paul Kay is in there from Game of Thrones Vera um, Stranger. Gus Kahn from Men Like Dean, Diane Morgan from and Earth. Connor Swindell's from from Sex Education, Laura Checkley from The Detectorists and David Theraful from Shameless as well. So, yeah, a bunch of great guest spots. I mean, the cast is just
0: ridiculous for this. I, I think this sounds fantastic. Well, I think I've always found Noel Fielding stuff a bit off the wall and not always got on with it. Yes. Um, just because of the cast, I'd give it a go. If he left Bake Off to do this, I would not hold him against him. So move on, Noel. Leave Bake Off. You go and focus on this. Let's bring in a new host to replace <laughs> you on Bake Off and I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. I think he's mellowed a bit as he's got yeah. older. Like, he He's on Buzzcocks as well, which is, he's also coming back reasonably soon. I think he's back next month for a new season with Greg Davis. And I really like him on that. And I think he's toned the surrealism down a little bit. And with this, I think if it's toned down a little bit more, it's, directed by Ben Palmer who worked on In Betweeners movie and Breeders it's written by some of the people behind The Outlaws as well although Tav's got some of the people from League of Gentlemen in there as script consultants so you know there may be some sort of slightly more surreal stuff in there but if it's toned down and not quite as surreal as some of Noel's own stuff I'm certainly up for doing this because I don't know whether you remember there was a Dick Turpin series ages and ages ago back in the 80s late 70s which i remember watching on tv but that was more of a sort of family drama thing you know so it's one of those characters that has been around for a long long time and they've not really done anything with so i'm just quite happy that they've picked up a a dick turpin thing as well and the fact that they're going full-on comedy with it and it's apple doing it and it's a very sort of british setup. I'm quite up for this. I think it
0: sounds like it could be quite good. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'm sure I'll give it a go.
1: Yeah. Don't know when that's landing on Apple, but it is one of the things that I think is outside the strike action because, as you can see by that cast list, most of them are British, which means it's working probably under equity, and uh, that means that they have no problems filming it because equity are not on strike. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. Sticking with Apple on the highlights on Next Week on TV, we start off with Strange Planet, which is a new adult animated series created by Dan Harmon, who is one of the people behind Rick and Morty, and New York Times bestselling author Nathan W. Pyle. He wrote a series of comic books, which is what these are based off. This looks like it could be quite a good show, but uh, Strange Planet, that's called. It's on 8th of August on Apple TV. Annika is back with Nicola Walker on Alibi for a second season that is coming on the 9th of August at 9pm on Alibi High School Musical the musical the series is back for season 4 which is the final season uh, which all gets very meta I think uh, that's coming to Disney Plus on the 9th of August Cruel Summer is back for a second season on the 11th of August and that's coming to Prime Video if you've actually not seen the first season of Cruel Summer that is coming Coming to E4 I want to say I think on the 14th of August so uh, if you want to catch the first season of that and you haven't got Prime Video it will be on normal TV but uh, yeah look up Crawl Summer season one of that on there and uh, on the 11th of August season two will be coming to Prime Video and season one of course is on there as well Billions season seven returns for its final season now with Damian Lewis back in it for the uh, final season but that's coming on the 11th of August to Sky Atlantic it will also be on Paramount Plus as well I think it's 9pm that's airing on Sky Atlantic so you can carry on watching that on Sky Atlantic if that's where you'd be watching it but it will be on um, Paramount Plus as well over on Lionsgate TV we have Men in Kilts season 2 so uh, I think Outlanders on it's mid season break for it's latest season but uh, to fill in the gap they've got Men in Kilts which is Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish touring various places around the world together I think they're in they did Scotland last time which of course is where Sam's from Graham is also from Scotland but now lives in New Zealand so the second season they're doing in New Zealand so uh, if you want to sort of travel along with those guys 11th of August on Lionsgate Plus for that and lastly we have on the 14th of August Solar Opposites returns for its fourth season which is a Noah show which we both absolutely adore and um, now has Dan Stevens taking over the voice of Corvo after Justin Rolland got fired from the show so uh, Corvo now has a British accent which as you see the clips of it is hilarious the way that they handle that and it's it looks like it's going to be endless fun. The writing looks great again. I'm so happy that's coming back. There's more wall episodes involved in this one as well, which I know you'll that's be That's my favourite bit,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yes, Solar Opposites, if you've not watched that, it is brilliant. Season four of the animated series on the 14th of August on Disney+. Plus. That is everything we have for this week. There's some, some interesting stuff in there. Strange Planet and Solar Opposites for me. Solar Opposites and... Was it? Did Strange you know?
0: Planet. Yeah, Strange Planet for me. I gave up on High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two. I haven't watched Annika. It's got some dodgy reviews, even though I love Nicola Walker. But yeah, it'll be Solar Opposites and Strange Planet for me. And now you've just given me that information about FBI. I'll be waiting for when I get back from my trip to Glasgow with uh, catching up on all of those and start to watch those weekly.
1: Yes, definitely. And uh, Billions, I will definitely be watching as well because, you know, I want to see how they bring that storyline to an end, although there are like three spin spin-offs in the works for, for that show as well so it's not going anywhere but if people want to contact you where can they
0: reach you come over to twitter um, and follow me at grey the geek and uh, you'll see lots of bits about my time doing pride as well down in brighton this last weekend and you'll probably see stories about me running as well so uh, yeah come and follow me over there
1: yes so that's grey with an a as well so, so it go is, yeah. check grey out over on twitter or x as it is supposed to be called these days <laughs> that nobody is using yes so go check him out over there. Bex of course you can go and find on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S she's streaming uh, most weeks although I'm not sure whether she's streaming at the moment because she is on another project but uh, she is streaming stuff so uh, go and give her a follow over on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes and you can find her all over social media and that as well Matt you can go and find her entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts he's got lots of things going on over there I I I think man you podcast is probably coming back reasonably soon I would imagine and down you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on x or twitter or whatever you're calling it these days facebook you can find us at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash Geek Town on Instagram at Geek Town UK, on TikTok at Geek Town UK, and on Threads at Geek Town UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.